on this episode of AV Week, retaining AV talent, the power of the in-house integrators, and how to build a killer conference room. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 517, recorded Friday, July 16th, 2021. Stir the pot. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. And by Draper. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, the maven of the AV industry media. Her name is Megan Dutta from SCN. Welcome, ma'am. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely, thank you. Uh, also with us is Mr. Chris Netto uh, from Starin Marketing, a midwitch company. And also, uh, you also may know him from the Twitterverse and AV in the AM. Welcome, sir. How you doing, Tim? I am well. I am well. Uh, and last but not least, uh, at a undisclosed uh, job site, Mr. Jeremy Caldera from Pearl Technologies of Peoria Way. Welcome, sir. Hello. Glad to be here. Oh, thank you so much. A uh, couple things. Well, we'll talk about this at the end, um, but Chris being here leads me to talk about uh, Cedia. We are going to Cedia. Megan's going to Cedia. Chris is going to Cedia. Uh, and a young man, man by the name of Dave, David Danto, who works for Polly, is going to Cedia for some reason. Um, we'll talk about it at the end, but you can come hang out with us in uh, Indianapolis uh, the 1st to the 3rd of September, uh, which is crazy as it sounds. is just over uh, about six, six, seven weeks away. So, uh, First story comes to us from our friends over at AV Magazine. Panasonic Europe has launched a new solutions and services company, quote unquote, called Panasonic Connect Europe. The company brings together several products under the Panasonic name, consulting, logistics, project management, and something called systems integration, which is interesting. Uh, we reached out to Panasonic to get a clarification on what the systems integration part meant, and we did not get a response from them as of this recording. Uh, however, if this is an AV-centric systems integration uh, part, it will be the second manufacturer uh, in Europe to do so. Uh, Rico did it uh, about a year or so ago. They uh, both would be directly competing with audiovisual dealers, uh, Mr. Uh, um, Mr. Audiovisual Dealer, uh, Mr. Caldera, we'll start with you on this. You know, how does something like this impact integrators when you know manufacturers start dealing directly with customers, your customers? Um, I stopped dealing with that manufacturer. That's number one. So I will probably no longer sell a Panasonic projector ever again. <laughs> you know, after reading something like that. Um, I mean, basically, they have the direct line to cut us out, right? And the, the thing is, they're not going to have the ability to support. They're still going to need local companies like us to, to kind of help roll things out, to help do the physical installation. Um, but, I mean, we've already got low margins on equipment, and now you're going to just completely take away all the margins on equipment. So um, when you start talking about doing that kind of stuff, I mean, it's it definitely rubs me the wrong way. It makes me a little salty, so... And again, I want to I want to point out the fact that that it's not entirely clear from from the article again, but, but Panasonic has not gotten back to us. Um, Megan, this is not again like I mentioned the fact that this is not the first time that you and I have, have seen this nor heard it. What are some of the 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 kind of the 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 industry going when it comes to manufacturers getting into 
this side or maybe not directly selling and, and competing on the integration side, but certainly getting into the consulting side, possibly project management side, uh, or even, you know, custom creating things for, for clients. It's almost like you are just cutting off your customers at that point, you know, whether, whether they're doing your integration or not, you know, that's not clear, but doing consulting, doing all those things, those are the people that you work with day to day. And frankly, they're experts in what they do. Those firms have been, most of those firms have been around for a long time. And I'm sure, you know, Panasonic will bring in experienced people, but really they're kind of making life difficult for their own clients and, like Jeremy said, I, I could see people not wanting to buy from them because what if they're bidding on the same product project? Of course, they're going to give themselves the lowest price. Yeah. Or they're going to coordinate with with a competitor of mine that can be that they already have a relationship with because they sell much, much, much higher volume than a company like mine would ever do, right? So yeah, yeah true. Um, I, I don't know. Well, and I mentioned Rico before. Rico purchased uh, a company in Germany, um, and that's how they got into. Um, the integration side and competing directly with with integrators. It's not clear again. Panasonic, um, it, whether they're rolling up a new firm, they're going to purchase a firm, or if this is you know something entirely different. Chris, from your standpoint, not only as a distributor, but Chris, uh, Chris and I both used to be technology managers. Uh, him on the commercial, on the on the corporate side, me on the on the education side. What benefits, or what what are the benefits uh, for from a technology manager standpoint? Would it be to Re, to, to kind of, you know, directly uh, engage with uh, a manufacturer like this uh, as opposed to using an integrator? And, or is there not one where, you know, most technology managers should probably stay uh, in the traditional, you know, you know, connecting directly with an integration firm? I don't know, man. Evidence is proving uh, uh, otherwise. I mean, you have uh, Hetma uh, coming together and Joe Way's group, who has more than once said, just give me the product and I'll put it in because I'm a in-house integrator. Um, that is a very interesting kind of thing happening right now because as a technology manager, you are hiring internal staff, internal programmers, internal installers that can actually do this kind of stuff, which is already fighting against the integrator to begin with. Now you have manufacturers that are saying, hey, we can do just about everything cutting out the integrator. Interesting, interesting is the timing, in my opinion. Uh, at a time where you know, everybody is kind of scrambling, trying to figure out what's going on with the economies and, and obviously with product and, and product delays and how do I get from A to B, you know, manufacturer cutting out somebody and saying we're going to help and do this is, I don't know if it's the best decision to be doing that at the time. And similar to what Jeremy said, it's never a good time to do that. I just find it kind of strange right now during this 2020 2021 kind of transition that people would be doing this unless there's a big shift happening that we are not seeing so you know w one thing i will give them credit for is at least they're open about it true I've manufacturers that still do that and don't even admit to doing it and i know that they're doing it right so hey kudos to them for that if they're actually going to end up doing it i'm not going to sell their product but hey kudos for being up front there are rumblings and i've heard in different um spaces and spheres of, of, of manufacturers doing that. Um, Jeremy, I want to give you, uh, you know, 30 seconds to a minute here because Chris brought up something very important. There are a number of, of especially in the higher ed, not so much in the corporate space, but certainly in the higher ed and, and Joe Way and the, and the folks at Hetma um, have certainly said, you know, we are in-house integrators. I feel that, right? Again, I used to be a technology manager in the education space in the state of Illinois, no less. And you know, Jeremy, because Jeremy and I live in, and Megan all live in Illinois. 
the crap that we deal with on on budgets and, and the fact that we have no money in the state of Illinois. So as somebody who worked in education, didn't have a budget, I feel that, right? That's what we became at Lewis and Clark because we had to, right? We had to make our, our budget stretch farther. Now, we still purchased from an integrator, right? It was a box sale, right? We, but we, we, we took that box sale and we, we went and we did it. Um, talk to, talk to Hetma, talk to an education, uh, higher ed tech manager and explain, you know, why you should still partner with an integrator as opposed to trying to go down this, you know, buy direct from a uh, manufacturer. Well, I don't know that I'm going to sell them guys on it. Right. Because I mean, in all honesty, the, the larger organizations that can do that could fine. Right. As long as you've got the qualified people on staff, whatever, there's plenty of business out there for everybody. You're running your own firm. You're a competitor at that point. Right. If you want to buy direct buy direct, because you're going to be able to do it anyways. Okay. The, even to the point where, although I don't like it that the manufacturers will sell the product directly to the end user, whatever. I mean, we've been squeezed so much lately in the past decade on margins, on equipment, especially on display type products that whatever, if a company's got the display, we make our money and our expertise and on our labor, on our services, on our service contracts. I mean, that's, that's the, that's where we bring the value to the table. Right. So, you know, nine times out of 10, they're not going to be the size of, of Joe's group. Right? No, they're just not. Absolutely not. So they're going to rely on us to do that. And if they can find the product cheaper and they want us to do it, some integrators won't do it. I actually will. I, I actually don't mind doing it. It's mostly gears owner furnished. I'm working on a project right now where large chunk of all of the major equipment is owner furnished because and they're calling us because they know that my programmer is the one that's going to have to make it work. My service guy is the one that are going to have to install it properly and ground things properly and do all the technical stuff that you're going to have to get done. Right. That expertise. And from a pure business standpoint, uh, it just doesn't make sense either. Right. Because now you're taking on uh, trainings and salaries and healthcare and all this other stuff that, that are just sheer overhead and expense that companies like ours have already got in place. So, all right, that makes sense. All right, uh, next story comes to us from Megan's uh, SCN. And Mr. Joe Dunbar, how do you build a killer conference room, quote, unquote? Now, yes, Mr. Dunbar works for Sennheiser. Uh, Sennheiser is a sponsor of, of Aviation. But Joe also has uh, some, some significant shops. He used to work as an integrator, also used to work uh, as a distributor, actually used to work with, with Mr. Netta there. Joe lays out a number of creative ideas, a few to highlight here. One is lighting, making sure that you're, group can be seen both locally but also uh, obviously on video conferencing scheduling solutions to make sure the space is available but the other thing about scheduling solutions at least from my perspective is using that uh, scheduling thing to kind of go back and using the data of usage to determine what to upgrade and when right whether or not a, a, a space was being used uh, and finally of course conference uh, room audio Audio still remains the most important part of a conference call, even for video calls. We've, we've all kind of been a part of, of various, um, you know, industry panels. And that is one of the things that keeps coming um, coming up is the fact that audio is still important, even more important than video, even on, on video conferences. Uh, Megan, we'll start with you on this. Um, what part of this makes the most sense? What part of this was was kind of your favorite one of, of, of Joe's points? Well, it's a point that you didn't bring up, but it's the most important point and the one he wrote the most about, which is, I'll just read directly from it. First and foremost, get your integration partner involved as early as possible, hard stop. We always talk about that. Everything always works smoother when you bring them in as quickly as possible and keep them informed. And just a little plug, we are going to be talking about this at the AVIT Summit on August 5th, and you can register for that at avitsummit.com. 
All right, very good. That'll, that'll work. Uh, Mr. Neto, uh, from your perspective, again, uh, Chris used to be uh, uh, worked a, as a tech manager in corporate. So what would you add to this list? Can I take something away? Sure. Absolutely. Joe, I love you, man. I know you're going to be watching this, but I'm going to tell you, you're dead wrong about the conferencing scheduling. Please don't put a panel outside the conference room. It's a waste of money. It's Sorry, that's my pet peeve, and that comes back from me being a tech manager. And let me explain. Nobody pays attention to an LCD screen that's posted with a date and time and an occupancy behind it. It usually gets actually a post-it note taped over it that says, don't use this, it's my room. Right. And that's my experience as a technology manager. So please save the money that you're going to spend and sink into that conferencing system. Use the UC system that is you, whatever your preference is, whether that is Teams, whether that is Zoom, whatever your preference is, use that. And please make sure that's somehow tied back to your uh, to your outlook. But don't put a, a panel outside. Joe, you lost me there, man. Outside of that, I, I agree with everything. Wait, to be fair, he never specifically said panels. So he could have just been talking about some kind of scheduling system. That's bait. That is bait for me. That's all that Joe did. That's Wait, all now, that Joe hang did. on. You're telling me that nobody pays attention. I'm going to go back to the panel. Nobody pays attention to a big red sucker like, like nope. this is being no, occupied. No. Okay. No. All right. No, I'm, I'm with Chris on this. It's 100% used to walk into the room and say, hey, I had this room scheduled. Look outside the door. Yeah. Right. When you could just do that on your phone, too. And rank. You get outranked. If this is on a technology, in a corporate environment, in a corporate campus, me, project manager working on Project X, will get kicked right out when VP or director or so-and-so who sits outside that conference room needs it. Because I did not check with, you know, ultimately, it comes down to protocol. Protocol says, you know, what's on that panel should be it. But the fact is, that's not the case. No so-and-so. This room has been now uh, taken over. You do that once, you do that twice. By the third time, whoever that director is that sits outside that conference room will call it his own. It was one of the biggest problems I had as a technology manager on site was the ownership of rooms, right? It was yours. So, Tim, you are, you know, you're a CMO. You're kind of a big deal now, right? You used to be a CEO, but now you're a CMO, you know, big shot, blue glasses, kind of looking fancy hair and all this sort of stuff. You would, you know, say it's your room until I need to upgrade that room and then it's my room. Then I got to go look for funds and then I will put it in based on what funds I get. And then your room again, because you know what, why did you not put a dual screen video conferencing system in here? Because I video all time. That's what you'll tell me. So there is the internal politics that technology managers have to deal with on a day to day basis. I kind of like, you know, Joe's everything else about a killer conference room. If it's simple, if it's easy to use and better yet, if it's drawn up and installed by proper AV people that know what those rooms are for. Now, let me also explain something. If done properly, the room usage can be the most important tool that you have because I believe the room usage is what is gonna design rooms of the future, right? So every room should be based off your most active, most- That's, most where, he hit the, that's where he hit the nail right on the head, mm -hmm. okay? Because I've spent more time in the past two minutes talking about scheduling that I intended to in my entire year but mm -hmm. that's fine, right, because that's how much I'm not a big fan of scheduling. But mm -hmm. the analytics part is what's, what's key there, right? So, I mean, when you're doing complete room structure and you're doing complete room design for anything, right, obviously you want to sink the money into where the money counts, okay? Mm -hmm. So the analytics key, right? I can tell you, I can give you a perfect example. I dealt with a client, and they made an argument about using VGA cables, right? And I said, don't use VGA. It's done. Done, dead. Well, we got all these legacy laptops. We need to use VGA. It's a legacy. It's dying, right? Going away. Well, we still have so many. They're not going to be replaced anytime soon. 
Okay, so what did we do? We went and assessed and did an analysis of how often that VGA cable was plugged in, right? Because if you get the right gear in there, you can actually mm -hmm. send the data back on that, right? Yep. Once in a month under 10 rooms, right? So guess what? Now when we do the next roll out of 10 rooms, I just made my case with data, you no longer need this part, which now saves you $1,000 per room that can now either be in savings, go elsewhere, go to fancy room scheduling panels, go to another TV on the wall, whatever you want to do, right? You got an extra thousand bucks to do it, whatever. The data and the analytics is what's going to be key. And it's not just how many people are in the room, people counting, that kind of stuff is cool from a HR, IT standpoint, right? But from an AV perspective, the data is where we're going to be going in the near future. You know what you're going to do. You're going to call out, and we'll just call it out right now. Where's my AV IT people? Those folks that are arguing that IT is AV and AV is IT. Because honestly, the VGA is still kind of kind of a no man's land, and you're right, it's gone. And we did a similar thing as well as a technology manager. We kind of wrote a little program that got to see how many times they actually plugged in and used the system for uh, displaying and not on video calls versus being on video calls. It really showed the numbers that that person or that higher up did not actually even need a video conferencing system in his space. Uh, yeah, I was told not to go back and do that again. But uh, honestly, it was worth the, the investment because I actually got some details that said, hey, you know, if you mm -hmm. want to sync an extra at the time, these were dedicated video conferencing systems, an extra 50 grand into that space. Well, you know, are we really doing it? Because all he really needs is a monitor with a display because he does more in-room meetings than out. And by the way, he doesn't connect the calls through the system. He actually uses his phone that's on the table, which is one of them Starfish phones that we all know and love. So, you know, does the analytics work? Absolutely. Can it be mm -hmm. overridden? Just like Tim telling me, that's my room? Absolutely. So scheduling is a sore point. Sorry, Joe, that we just, you know, went kind of away from your article. Everything else was spot on. The analytics, I think, is the most important. And that's it, Tim. Don't ask me another question like that. I do not want to talk about this again. <laughs> I, I will point out here that, that what you're, that the analytics you're talking about, uh, the, the, especially Caldera with, with, you know, how many times mm -hmm. did they use VGA, is not new, right? No, no it's not. It, it, we were using it. We were using it before to analyze how many audio conferencing rooms versus video conferencing rooms that people would need, right? Now that's yep. back when video conferencing was codec hardware-based only. I mean, now everything's video conferencing right? room. Yeah. And it was expensive. Now everything's low cost and it's video conferencing, right? All the way. You don't just do audio without video anymore, right? Especially after the past year and a half. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, we were using – the data was there. You just have to know how to extrapolate it and, and how to analyze it and use it. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, uh, last story here comes to us from uh, uh, My Tech Decisions. A report by CompTIA shows an increase in hiring by tech firms and tech sector jobs. According to the report, and the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics reports 10,500 workers were added in the month of June. There are currently over 300,000 job postings in technology that include not just tech firms, but also um, AV uh, and, and technology manager positions in finance and education and healthcare and in retail. Mr. Neto, we'll start with you on this. Where do we see the biggest need or the biggest growth uh, when it comes to AV techs in the space? Ironically, it was a very it was a topic we talked about recently on AV in the AM, where we talked about all these job postings and still watching AV uh, firms letting go of of people. It's, mm -hmm. it's it's very odd. We're in some weird times when it comes to the economy. The economy is supposedly stuck to ramping up. But meanwhile, some of the larger technology firms are still letting go of people. And I'm not just talking about integrators. I'm talking about manufacturers as well and all different uh, sectors. Now, the, the interesting part to this is that, you know, the conversation we had on Sunday was regarding retaining employees versus finding new employees. They're having a hard time retaining employees, let alone 
going out and hiring. So we're in a very tumultuous period. Absolutely, you're going to find technicians that are that are moving and uh, being hired, I think, more so than others right now. But I think we are in a kind of revolution when it comes to what the work uh, status is, right? I think the office is 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 changing. And unfortunately, we, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, we've come from a moms and pops industry, right? They were very much, you know, uh, very much a, a, an industry that developed with, you know, granddad opening up the business or pops opening up the business. And then Uncle Joe was here and then Aunt Sally ran this and so on and so forth. Well, we've evolved, but the mindset needs to evolve too. Do you still need an office that reports in every day. And I'm speaking as somebody who, at one point, I had to drive 50 miles every day to an office just to have a morning meeting, then to set off into New York, right? Now, if I told you the pathway that I had to go to the office, then to backtrack to go into New York City because they demanded everybody there at 7 in the morning before we started, that was kind of odd. So right now, what you're seeing with this, with this change is, yes, technology is hot. For the last 18 months, that's all we've done, right? This may actually bring back technicians back onto the to the job site because people want technology. Now, technology has gotten easier, but they want it and they want it fixed right away because for 18 months, all you've done is fix it yourself. Now, some of the stuff has been really easy. Plugging in a USB, not too hard, we discovered, right? Plugging in a microphone could be, you know, could, could be a challenge depending on how you're looking at it. But I, I believe that technicians are... are are absolutely necessary, but at the same token, there is going to be a lot of disruption in the industry as the as technicians find themselves to be essential, right? It's not just the salespeople, it's the technicians who were going into the front line, especially when the businesses were kind of hurt, right? You had technicians that needed to be out there because the business is dependent on it. And now we're returning, and now what, right? Some of these technicians have walked because the conditions weren't proper to begin with and they were promised things. So there's a lot of change going on. I just hope that it's for the better. And I think that we need to evolve as an industry when it starts looking at some of this stuff. Because if we want to be compared to AV or if AV wants to be compared to IT, IT has figured out this a long time ago. And I'll be honest with you, man, the weirdest or wildest statistic that I've seen is if you take an entry-level AV person, an entry-level IT person, IT person, the pay salary grades are very different. And as you move up or progress within this, in, in that industry, whether it's especially in the IT side, your salary goes while the AV just follows along very slowly. So there is there is a lot of confusion. Uh, I just hope this is all positive. All right. Uh, Jeremy, a couple of different directions to go. First of all, uh, when you're looking at stuff like this, does this, how does this help integrators? When you guys are looking for an end, you're looking for a sales, you're looking for a hook to get in, whether it's in healthcare, corporate, or, or even education. When you're looking at these at, at these needs and you're saying, okay, this is, you know, something where, you know, these, these folks are, you know, kind of you know, needing the, the, the IT and the AV help. How does this help you when you're trying to, to get in the door somewhere? I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, it's, it's just, it's all over the place, right? I mean, everything like what Chris has said, which your rant, I even completely forgot the original question before Tim even talked about it, but what we originally topic of conversation was, but that's, that's what I do. That's what we do, right? That's, we that's mold, we right? So. But, you know, as far as, you know, the technicians go, from a business perspective, like they are the guys that are on the front end, right? I mean, my guys are not happy with me right now because I'm institu instituting, quote, unquote, uniforms from just a basic level, right? 
Basically, I just want you in some decent slacks and a polo shirt with the company logo on it. So you're not wearing ripped up jeans and a T-shirt, right? Because you're the face of the company, right? Um, if you're going into these places, especially when it's a new opportunity, and we're getting them because people in the past 18 months have figured out technology is easy, but then they try to take that easiness out of their one-man office and put it into a 16-person conference table, and they realize that their little plug-in microphone and camera on top of their laptop is not going to work, right? So then they are going to call us, and they are starting to call us more and more and more and more, right? Sales team is going in. The engineering team is helping out when it gets advanced, right? And stuff's becoming easier to install. The techs, the techs are your front line. They're the ones that are there all day long, right? I have a genuine fear, kind of going back to a little bit of what Chris is saying, right, of losing those techs. It's retaining them, right? Um, you know, it's keep the work environment good, do the best you can. Um, but as much as I want my guys certified, I, you know, I've been at companies before. Hopefully no one's going to leave me. But I've been at companies previously where they invest all the money in the training and certification and then the pay is better at, at XYZ company. So peace out, right? I'm gone. And, you know, although I've learned the lesson over my career that you don't make a pay, you don't make a jump based on pay alone, right? I mean, some people have not learned that yet necessarily. And maybe it could be a better location. Who knows? That retaining of talent is is, is what's going to be key. And, and again, circling back around to the tech role, I mean, like I said, I mean, there, it, let, let's long and short. I can design stuff all day long. I can sell it all day long. It's not going to work until my guys put it in and program it, right? So we, we, need, to, we need to take care of those guys. And uh, we need to make sure that they are also you know, happy because they are, they are the face of your company. Uh, I, I was waiting for Jeremy to say the, 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 the key thing, and that is that the frontline people, the people that are in front of your customers on a daily basis, the technicians, the project managers, the, the, the engineers the that are people. going out are the best salespeople, honestly. They're the salespeople, yeah. If you teach them how to talk, if you teach them how to, how to, how to do, you know, that conversation with the customer, and, and if you teach them manners, be nice. It's amazing what you can get out of a technician or a project manager when in terms of sales and, and future business and retention of business. So uh, that's where the investment should be is on, the, you know, you, you'll find the guys that, that people like. One thing I tell my guys, and it drives them nuts, and I yell at them for it because I'll go to job sites and see it all the time. Uh, I don't care if you made the mess, you clean it up at the end of the day. That's it. That, mm -hmm. Even if you're in the middle of an install, the chairs are lined up straight, you wipe down the table, you wipe down the countertops. Right. I, the, the room should be left like it's a functional room, even if it's not mm -hmm. functional every single day. And that even I mean, those little things are what sell the organization, the technician, the end user seeing the technicians doing those things. Right. Not not just communicating with those people, having conversations with people. It's, it's all those little things all add up. And they like I said, you they are your front line, just like you said. Okay. Well, so I kind of want to go back to what Jeremy was talking about with retaining employees and kind of finding it hard to hire because we interviewed Avixa for our August issue and the AV employment index is up to 62.8, which is the highest level since August of 2009. And, you know, people are coming back and hiring, but one of the, one of the things is that companies, they say companies would be wise to hire people sooner rather than later because you're going to be able to hire quality employees at a lower salary rate because when people when everyone's back in the workforce, it's going to be hard, again, to find quality labor. And I know we keep talking about that issue in the industry, that it's hard to find talented and qualified labor. But I think that's going to be a big thing. And I also think we're going to see salaries increases increase as the number of unemployment declines. So maybe, Chris, we'll make our way closer to the tech, the general tech and IT sector. 
I'm sorry, Megan. I don't I, buying low on technicians and and then moving up is 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 a tough one because yeah. you know they know they know their value, they know their worth. There are people that I've spoken to online and even that were sending me DMs on 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 Sunday's chat where you know it's I was essential. I was the person who needed to be out there during the worst phase of this of this pandemic, and you know what did I get? I got a fifty dollar gift card to Chili's. Like seriously. I mean, no disrespect yeah, I, to Chili's. I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of employee, I don't want to say stealing, but, you know, people are getting recruited heavily now for Poaching roles is, that are. Poaching is the, is the fancy poaching. word. Yeah, there you go. Poaching, poaching. Your ears, yeah. Jeremy. Cover your ears, Jeremy. This does not pertain to you, but no. poaching is definitely something that's out there because if you were able to survive 2020 and you were able to stay in the same place, uh, I think your poaching meter has gone up. Uh, a bit because yes, they're looking at people that have been able to show survivor skills. I mean, essentially, and that's to reinvent what things. Like if you're bringing mm -hmm. in new business and finding new ways of doing things at a time when your company wasn't bringing in money like they were used to, you're kind of like the golden goose. Well, and here's the thing: there, there's there's two sides of this poaching thing. One is the individual employee. The other, people are looking at at companies that were able to survive as really, really good values on M&A as well as mergers and acquisitions. I mean, both of you were acquired during the pandemic, Tim and Jeremy. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's true. That's both true. Of our companies I, I, were. I was the first one in February. <laughs> you were not. You were pre-pandemic, Chris. Well, well, Starin was acquired by Midwich right at the start of the pandemic. Yes. We went into uh, ISA. Eh. I have to get a dictionary because I don't know what the word poaching is. I'm not familiar with <laughs> It's, 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 it's egg. Uh, what does that it's mean? A, you do with egg. The culinary, culinary yeah, is pretty it, good. You, you put the egg. I, I wasn't sure. You put the egg in the water and you make uh, eggs Benedict with that. All right. With, with that, that part. You look uh, like you're writing down notes for that, Jerry. Stir the pots. Stir the pots. Stir, stir, the, stir the pots. Stir the pot. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you all so much, Megan Della. Uh, how do people connect with you or uh, or SDN? You can find me at avnetwork.com and on Twitter at Megan Adetta or at SCN Mag. And again, we have the. AVIT Summit on August 5th, and we also have an Infocom Sneak Peek event coming up on September 23rd, and that's InfocomSneakPeek.com. All right, very good. Both of them are very incredible uh, uh, systems, and, or not systems, both of them are incredible events, so you should check both of them out. Uh, Mr. Caldera, how do people connect with you or Pearl? Uh, PearlTechnology.com, uh, Jeremy underscore Caldera on the Twitter, and, you know, I got the Facebook, and I think I have Instagram. I've opened it once or twice, so you can find me on there, too, I'm sure. So. All right, very good. Last but not least, Mr. Neto, sir, how do we people connect with you or Starin or Midwich or, well, you know? I have a list of things, so I have to go down the line first. I'm I'd certain. like to send uh, an apology, as I'm reading here, uh, to my uh, friends, the AV Brits, who are still in mourning after the loss of the Euro Cup. And congratulations to our uh, friends in, in Italy. That would be one. Uh, two, you can find and, me. Hang on. And Victoria Ferrari. And, Vic and Victoria, so Victoria Ferrari, Ferrari and, the, and the Italians. Exactly. Well, she, she is Italian, so, but, it, you know. It, Exactly. Uh, so now that I got those two off the list, you can find me on Midwitch Live, which is our uh, live streaming thing. But more importantly, you can find out more information about Starin at Starin.biz and Midwitch, Midwitch.com. I'm found on the Twitters at Chris underscore Neto and on LinkedIn. Connect with me. I'm going to Cedia with you to throw a party. Uh, people think we can. We're 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 party people. We're absolutely not from our DJ days and MC days. Uh, though I will bring you a big gold spinny clock so you can wear around your neck. That. Um, thank you, Tim. Uh, the where other can, thing I'd wait, like to what say. What day is that party, and where can we find more information? That would be at cedia.com. 
Right no, September first. September first um, is is when it is, uh, and I'll I'll cover all that in a second, Chris. Go ahead. And that's it. That's all I'm got to say. Please follow Tim Albright on the socials. You can find him at TD Albright. And uh, if you don't like or subscribe to whatever he's doing, you obviously have some issues that you need to take a look at. So outside of that, thank you. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And I will see you all on the Internet. All right. Well, that, that's Chris's uh, sign off. Uh, don't follow me on the Twitters, uh, but go by our website, avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. You'll find programs like this and a host of others. What Mr. Netter was talking about and what Megan asked. September 1st, the Wednesday afternoon, the very first day of Cedia, Chris and myself and David Danto and a whole lot of resi Marshall folks. This is interesting here, guys. And we've been talking about, guys and gals, we've been talking about this for over a year now. There is something happening between commercial and residential where we're putting commercial gear into the homes for work from home. Uh, we're going to be talking about it uh, at, the, at the Innovation Pavilion. Uh, I'm doing two sessions. I think Chris is doing two sessions. Uh, and we're having a party. So just come by, grab a drink. It's on the show floor uh, in the Innovation Pavilion. Uh, we'll have more information on the, uh, on the Aviation website. But, yeah, sign up for that. Come join us. Come hang out. Indianapolis, they've got some great restaurants in downtown Indy. Uh, it's so actually a pretty cool place. Pizza. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm not so sure about the pizza. I don't want to have a pizza conversation. But go to St. Elmo's. That's all I'm saying. Go to St. Elmo's. Have the jumbo. <laughs> the, the have, have the, unless, Megan, don't have the cocktail shrimp because she's allergic but the rest of you have the cocktail shrimp because they're enormous and have a steak at st elmo's trust me um but yeah come hang out with the cedia uh for us for ab nation cedia and then nab and then infocom and then whoever the hell knows what where else i'm going um so yeah come hang out with us that's the first uh, real in person um check out uh, matt scott's show resi week uh not quite sure whether or not the, the u.s government is going to let mr scott in the country for cedia Still, you know, me and Justin Trudeau have a have a call later this afternoon, so we're gonna we're gonna discuss it. Um, so check all that out and more. Also check out our sponsors. These are the folks who help me go to Cedia and Infocom and all that jazz. So all that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>